Hello, I'm Shane Hartsfield, pastor of Beaver Baptist Church. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. If you have any questions about what it means to follow Christ or questions about our church, direct you to our website, beaverbaptist.com, for our contact information. Weekly, we study exegetically through books of the Bible. And now, join us as we dive into today's passage. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 through 15, where we're going to be looking at. Now, I remember this conversation. I was talking to a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in a long time. And we were just kind of catching up. And she was real giddy, telling me of her fiancé and how they had met. And she was just in love. Talking about how they had uh, fallen in love, decided to get married, and had their wedding date set. And she was so excited telling me about how they were just meant for each other, you know, soulmate. We were so we we're soulmates, you know. And how he had been so good to her. And I was I congratulated her. You, know, you found somebody to be a helpmate too and a life partner and that's wonderful. Wishing uh, well. She ended the conversation by saying something that struck me wrong. And it's something that you probably heard. It's something you see on those chick flicks, those movies, Brett. Those kind of movies. Um and this is what she said. And she said it, and it, 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 it was red flag went up, and I knew that something was wrong on that statement. She says, yeah, he completes me. what she said. He completes me. You know, she's just in love, giddy, and, you know. And I understood what she said to some degree, but this kind of kind of struck me wrong. I thought, wow, that's kind of, I don't know if you can really say that. Someone completes you. Um, since then, she has... Uh, Divorced and remarried, uh, and but I've often thought about that that statement and um, what that meant and how um, that wasn't true. He didn't complete her, right? He didn't. But but who completes us? Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus. We can be complete in Jesus, and that's what the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is going to teach us this morning. And Paul. We, as, just for review, he's writing on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's been giving the Colossians some encouragement and instruction. He recognized that they were born of the Spirit. They were believers because of Epaphras' testimony. Epaphras had started the church there in Colossae. And Paul also admonishes them to beware of these false teachers. There were people there teaching something, some things that weren't true. And they had lost connection with the head, which is Christ. Chapter 2, verse 19 tells us. And these false teachers, they're the ones who focused on what they do or didn't do, right? They were uh, saying faith in Jesus wasn't sufficient. That's not enough. So what they were saying was Christ is not enough, right? And having a spiritual conversation with, with these people, they're the ones who would uh, automatically go to the things that they've been doing. They would list all the things they've done or the things they didn't do, right? They kept this special holiday. They've had this experience. They had this special knowledge or what, what, what have you. And the focus is on them, right? Not on him. And so there was, there was their thinking was worldly. It wasn't godly. It was worldly thinking. Very human. And we're going to pick up in chapter 2, verses, verse 9 through 15, and just give you immediate context. Last week we looked at verses 6 through 8, and then we, we jumped ahead and looked at 16 through 23. But Paul warns these believers in this church not to be duped by those who want to add an I, right, an I to the work of Christ. They're focusing on all these experiences and all this knowledge and what they did. 
But you know, everybody, everybody holds to one of two religions, Morgan. Either they, and it doesn't matter what they, you know, what check mark, if they're Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, other, or other. Um, two religions in the world. You either depend on works to get to heaven, or you place your faith in Jesus. There's just really two religions in the world. And of course, today we're here because we put our faith in Christ. Let's look at verse 16 through 19 real quick. Just to, just to uh, review what these false teachers were like. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God calls it to grow. So that's kind of a review of these people. Focusing on experience. They were very prideful people. This is what I've done. This is what I've experienced. They thought faith in Jesus wasn't enough. We needed something else, right? So that's where we are. Now, Paul, here in verses 9 through 15, is refuting these errors. He tells us here why we need nothing more than Jesus. How does Jesus complete us? Connor, look at verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In Him you all were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him through your faith in the power of God, who raised Him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Having, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, as we read the Bible, we know it is your very words. And Lord, we want to submit to your word this morning. And we recognize that even us believers, we have faith. We believe, but Lord, we need you to help our unbelief. Father, may we be encouraged this morning because we've studied your word together. May we leave here rejoicing for all that Jesus has done for us. Lord, may the lost here, whether it be child or adult, may they be shaken. Lord, may they hear your truth and the gospel proclaimed. And Lord, may they desire to know you this morning. Grant them repentance and faith today in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at verse 9. How does Jesus complete these believers? And how does Jesus complete us? That's what we're talking about this morning. He's refuting these erroneous teachers. You don't need Jesus in something else. You just need to place your faith and trust in Jesus. Because Jesus completes it. Well, how does He do that? Let's look at verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Now, we've looked at this already in chapter 1, verse 19. Jesus is infinite, right? So He can hold all the fullness of God. He is the full revelation of God. He, is, he has revealed to us God's character. 
We don't have to speculate who God is. We know who He is, right? He's Jesus, right? John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, was God, right? And we can say He is God, right? That's right. Jesus is God. We've already seen in, in chapter 1, Jesus is Creator. Paul tells us all things were created by Him and for Him. He's the sustainer of all things, right? He's the glue that holds this thing together. Not just our lives, but our, our very galaxy. He holds it together, right, by His own hand. In Him, all things hold together, Paul says. He is the goal and the aim of everything. So why should we look elsewhere? Jesus is enough. Where else are you going to turn? It kind of reminds me, I was thinking about a buddy of mine. His name is Chris Turner. And I went to Union University, and he was my neighbor. Dad, you remember Chris? And me, I mean, I've, all, I've been worried my whole life, you know. I've always been real little. When I played ball, it didn't matter if I was playing baseball, football, uh, basketball. I was always the smallest kid on the court or on the field. And this buddy of mine, he lived beside me in the dorm. He was a monster of a man. Right? 6'7", 240, 250. And when he would put his arms up like this, he could touch both walls. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we would play ball a lot um, there at school. And if we played basketball, we would a, a group of us, we played ball together a lot, and so we would just kind of split up on teams. Now, I didn't care who was on my team as long as it was Chris. And we called him Tree. That was his nickname. Um, Tree. I didn't care who was on my team. If Tree was on my team, we're split up. They said, okay, uh, Shane, you, you and Tree together, and then, then they would split up. I didn't care who, was, who else was on there. Give me one player, give me five players, it didn't matter. All I needed was Tree on my team, right? Because I get that ball, I just throw it down here, down low, he put it in the hole. Every time, right? Every time. It didn't matter who was on my team, right? That's what it is with, with us, with, with Christ, right? As we're reading this, studying this book of Colossians, Paul dealing with this heresy in this church. Paul is saying, it doesn't matter. You don't need anybody else. You just need to trust Jesus, right? Keep faith in Jesus. Keep trusting Jesus. That's all you need, and that's all we need. But the false teachers, right, they would say the fullness came through their own efforts. Yeah, you, you can place your faith in Jesus, but you need to do these other things too, right? Through, they need to have these experiences. They need to have this special knowledge. They need to have... Uh, you need, Deny yourself, right? Go through these ascetic practices where you deny yourself, right? They need Jesus plus something else. They would go wrong. Look at verse 10. Not only has this God man, Jesus Christ, fully revealed God to us because He is God, but this God lives in us and believers, right? If you've repented and trusted Christ, He lives in you. And we are made complete in Him. It says you have been given fullness in Christ. Another way of saying that is we're complete in Jesus, Right? Or put it another way. Listen to these verses. I'm just going to read them to you. You don't have time to flip. 3 John verse 2. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Why is your soul getting along well? Because you're a believer. You're made complete in Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 16. Out of His fullness, there's that word fullness again, out of His fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. We're complete in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Premier verse for you. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is come. We're complete in Christ. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 
His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. He has given us everything we need. We are complete in Christ. Now, verse 11 through 15, Paul is going to expound upon this idea. When we know Jesus, we're complete. What does that mean exactly? He unpacks it here. Look at verse 11 if you have your Bible. In Him, they were circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature. Jewish boys, they were circumcised on the eighth day. This, this sign sealed them as a Jew. This boy, eight days old, he had all the privileges and rights of a Jew. Why? Was it because he had done something? No, he's eight days old. It wasn't because he had done anything. He was born into it. He was born into Judaism. He was a Jew because he was born a Jew. In Jesus, believers are circumcised. Now, we don't have our foreskins removed, but we have our old nature removed. He's cut away our whole sinful nature, not with a knife, but by the Spirit. Romans chapter 2, verse 29. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly. Miss Lou, we were talking about that this morning. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. And just as that Jewish baby boy didn't do anything to earn it, but they were born into Judaism, that's the way it is with us. Believers in Jesus, we're born into it. The Holy Spirit comes and gives us new life. That's what this circumcision of the heart is referring to. The Spirit gives us new life. We are born again by the circumcision of our souls. We also have full rights and privileges as a child of God. Ezekiel, if you remember, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, God talks about that, the new covenant, the promise of what's to come. He talks about taking away their heart of stone and giving them a heart of flesh. He says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. That's what he's referring to. And you might say, well, if he's given me a, a new heart, I have this circumcision of the soul. I'm a new person. Then why do I, why do I sin? It's a good question. But we all still see him, right? Yeah. It's because we're, he's given us new life. He's changed on the inside. But we still have the outside, don't we? Called the flesh. Romans chapter 7. Turn to Romans chapter 7 real quick. Go back left. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. I look forward to the day when we can have uh, we can have a few Bibles where I can just say turn to this page. But for some of us, it's easy to find the book. But some of, some people, it's not. I like to be able to turn to this page. On. Romans chapter seven. Look at verse twenty-two and twenty-three, or twenty-one through twenty-three. So I find Paul. This is Paul again. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. That's us. Isn't it? Yeah, man. We want to do what's right. I want to obey the Lord, right? For in my inner being, I like God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. I see another law at work in me, 
Waging war against the law of my mind, making a prisoner of law, sin at work within me, in my members. That members is the flesh, right? Yeah, we're believers. If you, if you repent and trust in Jesus, you're a believer, right? You have a new heart, you're born again. But you still have flesh. You still have all these old habits, right? I mean, think about it. When I became a believer, I was 17 years old. So for 17 years, 17 years, I hey, I lived for me. And so I had a selfish habit. My life, I was sort of just like every lost person. If you're here, I was just like you. Self-absorbed, living my life for me, whatever comforts I could find, that's what I would, I would, I would jump into. It was all about me, right? Well, I had these 70 years of habits. And then you combine that when you still have the flesh, and then what happens? You, you sin, right? You sin. But we are new creatures, given new lives. The circumcision not done by hand, but done by the Spirit of God. Look at verse 12. So in Christ, it says we're, we're not only given this new life, but we're buried and we have risen from the dead. Now how does that occur, verse 12? By faith, right? We're united with Jesus. See, when you repent and you trust Jesus, what is true of Jesus becomes automatically immediately becomes true of you. Jesus died. We died. Jesus rose. We rose. If, you, if you've repented, if you trusted Christ, what's true of Jesus is true of us. By faith, we're united with Jesus in His death and His resurrection. It's secured by faith. And it, it talks about baptism. Here, Baptism is a reference to faith. Because when you, when you place your faith in Christ, what do you do? You're baptized, right? It's a, a sign of your faith, right? It's an external confession of your trust in Jesus, right? This happens the moment we believe. We are secure in Jesus. The moment we trust Jesus, we, we are united with Him in His death and His resurrection. Jesus died, we died. Jesus rose, we, we rose, Right? That's what happens when we place our faith in Christ. We're talking about what, what does it mean to be complete in Jesus? What is true of Jesus is true of us when we confess our sins and, and place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. His death becomes our death. His resurrection becomes our resurrection. Look at verse 13. We were dead and uncircumcised. Now, anytime you see in the Bible where it talks about uncircumcised, it always refers to God's enemies. David, you remember the story of David and Goliath? What did he call Goliath? What did he call him? He called him a big dumb, big dumb sucker, did he? What did he call him? He said, you uncircumcised Philistine. Because someone who's uncircumcised, they are an enemy of God. And that's what we that's what we were. And if you're not a believer, that's what you are, right? Or for those of us who've repented of our sins, we were an enemy of God. We were enmity with Him, Right? Opposed to him. The Colossian believers, they were the same. At one point in time, they were uncircumcised. They were God's enemies. And they had about as much chance of going to heaven as Jairus' daughter did of coming to life on her own. You remember the story of Jairus' daughter? Jesus came, she rose from the dead. Yeah. He made us alive. Notice that. That's a passive. That's a passive verb. That's passive means that someone does it for us. We're made alive. It doesn't say we became alive. 
It's that we're made alive, right? And how are we saved? Let's think about that for a moment. How are we saved? Well, we believe the gospel. Yeah? How do you believe the gospel? Well, we recognize our sin. Turn from it. We repent from it. Recognize we needed a Savior. Yeah, that's true. How do you know you're a sinner? God showed you, right? God showed me. He showed you, right? What opened your eyes to your sinfulness? God who called you. Why did God call you? Because He chose you. Why did God choose you? Because God in His sovereign grace loved you and loved you and loved these Colossian believers. Tom Nelson, he, the pastor of Big Bible Church, he says this, he says, the gospel we hear in the United States is often not a, not a gospel of amazing grace. What he says, he says, oftentimes the gospel that we present to people, it's, it's a picture of God reaching down for us towards the sinner. And the sinner in his own in his own will, in his own power, reaching up to God. Save me, save me, right? And the one who reaches up and gets God's hand is jerked out of hell, right? That's the one who is a little bit more a little bit more moral than everybody else, or a little bit more intelligent than everybody else, right? But that's not really the gospel. It's not the gospel. This idea of us pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps and getting it done and Seeking God, that's not that's not what we see in the scriptures. We can't pull ourselves up by our own bootstrap, by our own wheel, right? Because we were dead. It says we were dead, but we were made alive. See, dead things don't respond. We have to be made alive. We were dead in our sins. We were unwilling and incapable of reaching out to God. Right? We're incapable of doing this towards God. Right? Dead, dead, dead people don't respond. But it says He made us alive with Christ and He forgave us all our sins. See, salvation is God's work. And the gospel is bad news and good news. The bad news is you rebel against God. You're at enmity with God and God's going to judge you for all eternity. That's the, that's the bad news. The bad news is we're all sinners. We all rebel against God. And what we deserve is separation from Him, not just in this life, but for all eternity. That's the bad news. But the good news is that Jesus sent, God sent Jesus to die for our sins. Not because we were good, not because we were moral. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the good news is that if you will repent of your sin, trust Jesus, all your sin will be taken away. You can't do anything. You can't even seek after God. You don't even desire God unless God changes your heart and gives you those desires. See, the gospel is God's word. But He does want to save you if you're lost today. He wants to save you. Look at verse 14. He canceled the written code that was against us, nailing it to the cross. See, in biblical days, if you, were, if you refused to pay your debts, what they would do, actually, they would write your name on the board. They would write your name on the board and they would nail it to the town square. And so everybody walked by the town square, the center of the town, they would see your name on there. And they would know, oh, you, you, you're refusing to pay your debts. And so what would happen if your name was up there, 
Nobody would do business with you. So you had this, your, your debt was crying out against you, right? Accusing you. We're the same. We violated the law of God. And that debt cries out against us. Do you remember that? Do you remember when you realized that you're 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 in enmity with God and you're rebelling against God? I remember it was just like yesterday. It was about September, the end of September of 1990. And I'm here in this church and I'm hearing the, the, the gospel being presented. And all of a sudden I realized, wow, I'm a sinner. Wow. I've rebelled against God. And I remember thinking that for several months, thinking about it every day. And when I would come in church, I remember some of you were here. I would just I would be hearing the gospel preach. I would like, you know, tap my, my you know, tap my hand, my feet, and say, man, if I could ever get out of here. Kind of sweating, like, let me get out of here. Just too hot for me. I knew that was the law, right? I, I, I that violation of my my debt, right? Man, I'm, I'm a I'm a sinner. I violated God's law, and there was guilt there, right? It penetrated my heart. And all I want to do is just get away. Get out of church. Man, if I get out of here, I'm never coming back. I'm thinking that over and over again. But Jesus, in his faithfulness, took the cross and he marked out our name. So what happened is you would have your name on that board in the town square. When you finally paid off your debt, they would take this cross and they would put a cross. That's what Jesus did. He took the cross and He marked out our name. He paid our debt for us. See, salvation is free because we can't do anything to earn it. You can't even desire God on your own. It's, it's, it's free, but it's not cheap. Jesus became sin for us. He took our, he took our place. He took our punishment. He canceled the written code that was against us, nailing it to the cross. He took our guilt and our shame, nailed it to the cross. Look at verse 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. When in biblical days, when there was a battle, and the battle was over, the defeated they were disarmed. Blake, that term that, that word disarm means stripped naked. They were stripped naked. What would they do? They would parade those defeated foes through the streets. And they were made a spectacle of, right? And these powers and authorities here, who's that referring to? Of course, that's Satan, right? And demonic, right? And the demons and the demonic realm, right? Satan. They were stripped and they were exposed by the cross. There was a public display of canceled death. Jesus paid our debt. He died, he rose to defeat sin and death. And Satan, F.F. F. Bruce, he says this. He says, The cross of humiliation became the victor's chariot. The defeat of the dragon, speaking of Satan, came by the death of the Lamb. Of course, you know, Jesus, the Lamb of God, right? Man, that's the wisdom of God, isn't it? That God would become, take on flesh, become a man live a humble life totally obedient and give up his life that we sinners could be saved and 
by doing so defeating Satan and all the demonic realm. See, the Colossians were being taught that Jesus' atoning work wasn't enough. But God has been appeased. Satan, our enemy, is defeated and disarmed. And those who have repented, we've been circumcised and brought into the family of God. Seeing our sin has been paid for and the law has been avenged. How can we say that faith in Jesus isn't enough? Romans chapter 8, verse 29 and 30. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son that he might be the firstborn among his brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Kind of closing. I saw something this week about the O.J. Simpson trial. I don't know where I saw it, but I was thinking about that. You know, he was on trial, accused of killing his ex-wife and her boyfriend. And when that trial was over, who thought he was innocent? Not very many of us. But when the verdict was passed, the jury acquitted him. The judge, in some ways, said he was innocent. So what did he do? He left there and he went, he had a party. See, he didn't care if you thought he was guilty or not. Because the only one that matters that he was innocent. That's kind of the way it is with us. We're sinners. But because of Jesus and Him taking our sin death, the only one that matters is the Father, right? He sees us as guiltless. Because of the work of God through Christ, through His Jesus' death and resurrection, we can be brought into full family privileges. Not because of anything we've done, but because of what God's done. If you've trusted in Jesus, you've been given fullness in Christ. You've been given new life. You've been forgiven. The law has been avenged for you. And your enemy has been defeated. Just by way of application. If you're a believer, you're complete in Jesus. Live in that. All your sin, your past, present, future sin has been taken care of. Your sin has been paid. Some of you, maybe you're walking in bondage. You go, what's that mean? Bondage. Well, you're just thinking about your sin all the time. You're thinking about things you've done and you're just wallowing in it and can't get past it. Maybe for some of you, your, your relationships are damaged because of some sin. But I just want to encourage you. Know that in Jesus you're complete in Him and all that sin has been dealt with. And so I just want to encourage you to keep trusting Jesus. Faith in Him is sufficient. Keep trusting Him. The atoning work on the cross by the Creator of the universe, the Lamb of God, is sufficient for you and for me. If you're not a believer, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, died on the cross so you could be set free. So you can approach this holy, wonderful, loving, gracious God with all your cares and all your words. You can have your relationship restored today 
if you'll just repent. Turn from your sin. Trust that Jesus did die for your sin. And he rose on the third day. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And that's what we need. We need to be cleansed of all unrighteousness. Have you repented? Have you turned from your sin? Can you say, I'm complete in Jesus? I know I've trusted Christ's death, trusted in resurrection. I know that He's given me His Holy Spirit. I know that I know Him. Thank you for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast if this message has been helpful to you. Again, if you have any questions, go to our website for our contact information, and we'll see you next time.